Borax, Boron, Boric Acid, and Your Health. An article by Dr. Amanda Volmer, narrated by Adrian. The original article can be found on Dr. Amanda Volmer's website, and a link for that will be in the description of this podcast. And you may want to refer to the original article to follow the various hyperlinks and references that I will be reading out. Borax, something wonderful to know about, absolutely. Read this for your health. October 18th, 2012. Years ago, I began compiling and saving research about boron, knowing that the pharma industry was increasing its suppression of natural medicine via cancel culture. I'm glad I saved this research to present to you now. ADV. Elemental boron, boron oxide, borates, and many organoboron compounds are non-toxic to humans and animals. There's a reference there to a Wikipedia article on boron. Borax. This humble insecticide and laundry detergent has the potential to single-handedly bring down our entire economic system. But you do not need to worry. I will start with the basics and you will understand what I mean as the story unfolds. The original link was scrubbed from the internet, and there's a reference there to a healthsciencespirit.com webpage. Boric acid is a condensed form of borax, and not the same thing based on the mammalian median lethal dose, LD50, rating of 2,660 milligrams per kilogram body mass. Boric acid is poisonous if taken internally or inhaled in large quantities. Medical. Boric acid can be used as an antiseptic for minor burns or cuts and is sometimes used in dressings or salves. Boric acid is applied in a very dilute solution as an eye wash. Dilute boric acid can be used as a vaginal douche to treat bacterial vaginosis due to excessive alkalinity. As an antibacterial compound, boric acid can also be used as an acne treatment. It is also used as prevention of athlete's foot by inserting powder in socks or stockings, and its solution can be used to treat some kinds of otitis externa, ear infection, in both humans and animals. The preservative in urine samples. Boric acid solutions used as an eye wash or on abraded skin are known to be especially toxic to infants, especially after repeated use because of its slow elimination rate. And there is a link there to a Wikipedia article on boric acid. Borax is a naturally occurring mineral commonly mined from dried salt lakes and is the source of other manufactured boron compounds. The main deposits are in California and Turkey. Chemical names are sodium tetraborate decahydrate, disodium tetraborate decahydrate, or simply sodium borate. This means it contains four atoms of boron as its central feature combined with two sodium atoms and ten molecules, or sometimes less, of crystallization water. All borax is naturally mined. There is no synthetic borax. The difference is only how much crystallization water it contains. Decahydrate means ten water molecules, pentahydrate means five, and anhydrate means no water molecules. Chemically, it is all the same. Borax is commonly sold as technical or agricultural grade with 99 to 99.5 minimum purity. Potential impurities consist of sodium, potassium, calcium, chloride, bicarbonate, carbonate, sulfate, and phosphate, but not toxic or heavy metals. This grade includes the borax commonly used as a household cleaner. Warning! 
Do not confuse borax with boric acid. Do not take boric acid in place of borax. They must not be used in a one-to-one ratio. To use boric acid, the dilution needed is much higher. They have some similar properties, while some are different. Never take large amounts of borax. It can be harmful, even fatal. Borax in very low doses is actually very beneficial to human health, and health benefits can be enormous. Small amounts of borax are very beneficial. Please read the info to understand. Boron is very much needed for a healthy body. Pharmaceutical grade is not noticeably purer or better. Borax is the sodium salt of the weak boric acid. And now we have a chart: borax versus boric acid. Borax is a natural mineral. Boric acid is a Lewis acid of boron. For borax, the IUPAC name is sodium tetraborate decahydrate. For boric acid, the name is trihydrooxidoboron. The molar mass of borax is 381.38 grams per mole when hydrated, and 201.22 grams per mole when dehydrated. The molar mass of boric acid is 61.83 grams per mole. The melting point of borax is 743 degrees centigrade, and the boiling point is 1,575 degrees centigrade. The melting point of boric acid is 170.9 degrees centigrade, and the boiling point is 300 degrees centigrade. Borax is a naturally occurring mineral, and boric acid is a weak monobasic Lewis acid. Because sodium is more strongly alkaline, this makes a solution of borax strongly alkaline with a pH between nine and ten. pH seven is neutral. When ingested, it reacts with hydrochloric acid in the stomach to form boric acid and sodium chloride. The boron content of borax is eleven point three percent, while for boric acid it is seventeen point five percent, or about fifty percent higher. Ingested boron compounds are rapidly and nearly completely excreted with the urine. Formerly, boric acid was used widely as a preservative in foods, but is now banned for this purpose in most countries, and is also banned from public sale in Australia. According to conventional medicine, it is not known if boron is essential for humans, but research shows that we do need it. The reason why it is difficult to answer this question is the presence of boron in all plants and unprocessed foods. Diets with a fair amount of fruit and vegetables provide about two to five milligrams of boron per day, but this also depends on the region where the food was grown and how it was grown. In reality, the average intake in developed countries is one to two milligrams of boron per day. Institutionalized patients may receive only zero point two five milligrams of daily boron. Chemical fertilizers inhibit the uptake of boron from the soil. An organic apple grown in good soil may have 20 milligrams of boron, but if grown with fertilizer, it may only have one milligram of boron. Fertilizers combined with poor food choices have greatly reduced our boron intake compared to 50 or 100 years ago. Further, unhealthy cooking methods greatly reduce the availability of boron from our food. The cooking water of vegetables containing most of the minerals may be discarded during home cooking or commercial processing. Phytic acid in baked goods, cereals, and cooked legumes may greatly reduce availability, while gluten sensitivity and candida overgrowth inhibit the absorption of minerals. All this makes health problems due to boron deficiency now very common. Health effects of boron: 
Due to their content of boron, borax and boric acid have basically the same health effects, with only mild antibacterial action. In plants as well as animals, boron is essential for the integrity and function of cell walls and the way signals are transmitted across membranes. Boron is distributed throughout the body, with the highest concentration in the parathyroid glands, followed by bones and dental enamel. It is essential for healthy bone and joint function, regulating the absorption and metabolism of calcium, magnesium and phosphorus through its influence on the parathyroid glands. Boron is for the parathyroids what iodine is for the thyroid. Boron deficiency causes the parathyroids to become overactive, releasing too much parathyroid hormone, which raises the blood level of calcium by releasing calcium from bones and teeth. This then leads to osteoarthritis and other forms of arthritis, osteoporosis and tooth decay. With advancing age, high blood levels of calcium lead to calcification of soft tissues, causing muscle contractions and stiffness, calcification of endocrine glands, especially the pineal gland and the ovaries, arteriosclerosis, kidney stones, and the calcification of the kidneys, ultimately leading to kidney failure. Boron deficiency, combined with magnesium deficiency, is especially damaging to the bones and teeth. Boron affects the metabolism of steroid hormones, especially sex hormones. It increases low testosterone levels in men and estrogen levels in menopausal women. It also has a role in converting vitamin D to its active form, thus increasing calcium uptake and deposition into bone and teeth, rather than causing soft tissue to calcify. Also, other beneficial effects have been reported, such as improvement of heart problems, vision, psoriasis, balance, memory, and cognition. The German cancer researcher, Dr. Paul Gerhard Sieger, has shown that cancer commonly starts with a deterioration of cell membranes. As boron is essential for cell membranes and boron deficiency is widespread, this may be an important cause for the initiation of tumor growth. Boron compounds have anti-tumor properties and are potent anti-osteoporotic, anti-inflammatory, hypolipemic, anticoagulant and anti-neoplastic agents. This overview shows the wide-ranging influence of boron on our health. In the following, I want to describe some of these health effects in greater detail. The arthritis cure of Rex Noonan. In the 1960s, Rex Noonan, PhD, D-O-N-D, developed arthritis. At the time, he was a soil and plant specialist in Perth, Western Australia. Conventional drugs did not help, so he looked for the cause into the chemistry of plants. He realized that plants in the area were rather mineral deficient. Knowing that boron aids calcium metabolism in plants, he decided to try it. He started taking 30 milligrams of borax a day, and in three weeks, all pain, swelling, and stiffness had disappeared. He told public health and medical school authorities about his discovery, but they were not interested. However, some people with arthritis were delighted as they improved. Others were scared to take something with a poison label on the container and meant to kill cockroaches and ants. Eventually, he had tablets made with a safe and effective quantity of borax. Within five years, and only by word of mouth, he sold 10,000 bottles a month. He could no longer cope and asked a drug company to market it. That was a major mistake. They indicated that this would replace more expensive drugs and reduce their profits. 
It so happened they had representatives on government health committees and arranged that in 1981, Australia instituted a regulation that declared boron and its compounds to be poisons in any concentration. He was fined $1,000 for selling a poison, and this successfully stopped his arthritis cure from spreading in Australia. Subsequently, he published several scientific papers on borax and arthritis. One was a double-blind trial in the mid-1980s at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, which showed that 70% of those who completed the trial were greatly improved. Only 12% improved when on placebo. There were no negative side effects, but some reported that the heart ailment had also improved, and there was better general health and less tiredness. Most of his later research was devoted to the relationship between soil boron levels and arthritis. He found, for instance, that the traditional sugarcane islands, due to long-term heavy use of fertilizer, have very low soil boron levels. Jamaica has the lowest level, and arthritis rates are about 70%. He noted that even most dogs were limping. Next comes Mauritius, with very low boron levels and 50% arthritis. The daily boron intake in these countries is less than 1 milligram per day. An interesting comparison is between Indian and native Fijians. The Indians are estimated to have an arthritis rate of about 40% and eat much rice grown with fertilizer, while the native Fijians, with an estimated arthritis rate of 10%, eat mainly starchy root vegetables grown privately without fertilizer. The US, England, Australia and New Zealand generally have average soil boron levels with an estimated intake of 1 to 2 milligrams of boron and arthritis rates of about 20%. But Carnarvon in Western Australia has high boron levels in soil and water and the arthritis rate is only 1%. It is similar in a place called Nagawa Springs in New Zealand with very high boron levels in the spa water which is curative for arthritis. Actually, all spas reputedly curing arthritis have very high boron levels. These are also high in Israel, with an estimated daily boron intake of 5 to 8 milligrams and only 0.5 to 1% arthritis. Bone analysis showed that arthritic joints and nearby bones had only half the boron content of healthy joints. Equally, synovial fluid that lubricates joints and provides nutrients to the cartilage is boron deficient in arthritic joints. After boron supplementation, bones were much harder than normal and surgeons found them to be more difficult to saw through. With additional boron, bone fractures heal in about half the normal time in both man and animal. Horses and dogs with broken legs or even broken pelvis have fully recovered. Borax is also effective with other forms of arthritis such as rheumatoid arthritis, juvenile arthritis and lupus, systemic lupus erythematosus. For instance, Dr. Noonan saw a young girl aged nine months with juvenile arthritis. He was able to cure her in two weeks. He wrote that commonly people can get rid of their pain, swelling and stiffness in about one to three months. Then they can reduce treatment from three to one boron tablet, each three milligrams, per day, as a maintenance dose so that they can avoid any future arthritis. He also stated that patients with rheumatoid arthritis commonly experience a Herxheimer reaction and that this is always a good prognostic sign. They must be aware, and in another two or three weeks, the pain, swelling and stiffness will be gone. I found this statement not only interesting, but also surprising. The Herxheimer reaction is an early aggravation of symptoms with increased pain. 
This is commonly due to toxins released by killed candida and mycoplasma. This is very common with antimicrobial therapy, and borax is definitely an exceptionally good and strong fungicide. What surprises me, however, is that this fungicidal effect is also present at this rather low dose of 75 to 90 milligrams of borax. Equally surprising is the finding that also up to 30% of those with osteoarthritis experience the Herxheimer reaction, suggesting that the border between osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis is rather fluid. I believe that in long-standing and especially resistant cases, it will be advisable to use other antimicrobials in addition. For cofactors in arthritis treatment, also see my article, Arthritis and Rheumatism, or the booklet, Overcoming Arthritis. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Osteoporosis and sex hormones. Boron deficiency causes greatly increased amounts of calcium and magnesium to be lost from the system. A borax supplement will reduce the daily loss of calcium by nearly 50%. As this calcium comes mainly from resorbed bones and teeth, boron deficiency may also be the most important factor in causing osteoporosis and tooth decay. It has been estimated that 55% of Americans over 50 have osteoporosis, and of these, about 80% are women. Worldwide, 1 in 3 women and 1 in 12 men over the age of 50 may have osteoporosis, and this is responsible for millions of fractures each year. Rats with osteoporosis were given a boron supplement for 30 days, with the result that their bone quality was now comparable with that of the healthy control group and of a group supplemented with Ostradiol. The beneficial effect of borax on bones seems to be due to two interrelated effects, a higher boron content of the bones which makes them harder, and a normalization of sex hormones which stimulate the growth of new bone. Low estrogen levels after menopause are thought to be the main reason why so many older women develop osteoporosis. And then in brackets here, learn how to balance your hormones here, so there'll be a hyperlink that you can follow. In men, testosterone levels decline more gradually, which seems to be reflected in their later onset of osteoporosis as a group. Research has now shown that boron supplementation in postmenopausal women doubles the blood levels of the most active forms of estrogen, 17-beta-estradiol, to the level found in women on estrogen replacement therapy. Equally, the blood levels of testosterone more than doubled, With HRT, there is a higher risk of breast or endometrial cancer, which is not known to happen with hormones produced by the body, as with borax supplementation. Some women get premenstrual problems because estrogen levels are too high and progesterone too low, and therefore may be afraid of using boron. However, I found no evidence that boron raises estrogen above normal healthy levels. Boron may balance levels of sex hormones similar to the action of maca root powder, MACA acts on the pituitary gland not only to increase but also balance our sex hormones 
and seems to stimulate our own progesterone production as needed. A recent study in younger men, 29 to 50, showed that levels of free testosterone, the form that matters most, had risen by one-third after a daily supplementation of about 100 milligrams of borax for one week. This is of special interest for bodybuilders. Contrary to the medical preference of chemically castrating men with prostate cancer, research with boron has shown that elevated testosterone levels are beneficial by shrinking prostate tumors and PSA levels, PSA being a marker for tumors and inflammation in the prostate. Also, its significantly improved memory and cognition in elderly individuals may be partly due to increased levels of sex hormones and partly to improved membrane functions of brain cells. I've been asked about boron supplementation for women with estrogen-sensitive breast cancer. Breast cancer is related to calcifications in the breast and usually it first begins with lymphatic congestion. In my opinion, it is more important to normalize the calcium-magnesium metabolism and cellular membrane functions rather than feel restricted by a possibly faulty medical concept. The receptors that arise in hormone-based cancers are part of the healing mechanism calling for increased hormone activity. This is one reason we see the body heal from breast cancer when we give progesterone to balance the levels. In a cancer protocol, a hormone-balancing approach with magnesium, vitamin D and other supplements, such as maca, should be used alongside boron, iodine, selenium and other endocrine-supporting nutrients. Fungi and fluoride. Being such an excellent fungicide, it is not surprising that borax is being successfully used to treat candida. There is much interesting information on an earth clinic forum called Borax Cures. Always keep in mind that candida is your own endemic, pleomorphic transitional cells and comes into action when the terrain is damaged, i.e. by antibiotic use, and or there are heavy metals to sequester. Ideally, we don't want to kill any fungus. We want to detox metals so that the fungus naturally retreats. If you'd like to help detoxing metals, please email us. We have an excellent and effective protocol for sale. With low to medium weight people, use one eighth teaspoon of borax powder, 20 mule team is fine. And with heavier weight, one quarter teaspoon per liter of water. One drinks the water spaced out during the day and does this for four or five days a week for as long as required. Many contributors wrote that it cured or greatly helped them. So for instance, this post, I also have psoriasis, so maybe the soreness in my joints is a sciatic arthritis creeping in. I thought, after reading about borax here on the forum, I would give it a try. Oh my God, in one day, the soreness in my knees has vanished. Also, my psoriasis seems a lot better after two days of drinking one quarter teaspoon borax in one litre of water per day. Another one about toe fungus. He wet his feet and then took a handful of borax and rubbed it all over his feet. He said it stopped itching immediately. He was stunned. A few weeks later, I asked him how his athlete's foot was and he said, Oh wow, it hasn't come back. That stuff totally cured it. As well, DMSO with iodine will help with toe fungus. Read Healing with DMSO for the recipe. Other enthusiastic posts were about vaginal thrush. Borax appeared to be more effective than other remedies. Commonly, one large gelatine capsule filled with borax or boric acid was inserted at bedtime for several nights or up to two weeks. Alternatively, the powder can be mixed with cool, solidified coconut oil as a bolus or suppository. 
If this doesn't suffice, try douching with 50% apple cider vinegar in pure water to return the terrain to its correct acidic pH. One recent scientific study confirms these positive observations with vaginal thrush. Boric acid at the dose of a filled capsule worked even in cases of drug-resistant candida and against all the tested pathogenic bacteria. Because of the greater dilution, a douche may not be strong enough for bacteria and drug-resistant candida, but it should work for normal candida. Borax, due to its alkalinity, was more effective than boric acid. Keep in mind, this is still killing the action of your natural candida that is trying to assist the body. Candida is not the enemy. The vagina is more acidic than basic, so if you use boric acid, make sure to do a heavy metal cleanse and return the vagina to its proper pH with the apple cider vinegar method described above. In normal healthy conditions, candida exists as harmless oval yeast cells. When challenged, chains of elongated cells called pseudohyphae develop. And finally, into strongly invasive, long, narrow, and tube-like filaments called hyphae. These can damage the intestinal wall, causing inflammation and leaky gut syndrome, and can also be responsible for endometriosis. Pseudohyphae and hyphae can also be seen in the blood of individuals with cancer and autoimmune diseases. This is a red flag indicating heavy metals in the body. Candida can also form tough layers of biofilm, specifically to protect the body from chain reaction damage that ionic metals can cause. This same study shows that boric acid, stroke borax, inhibits the formation of biofilms and also the transformation of harmless yeast cells into invasive hyphal form. In other articles, I have shown that this process, commonly initiated by antibiotics, is a basic cause of most of our modern diseases, and this makes borax and boric acid primary health remedies, but this article shows that there are many more reasons to give them a top rating. A scientific review in 2011 concluded boric acid is a safe, alternative economic option for women with recurrent and chronic symptoms of vaginitis when conventional treatment fails. But as it is so much better than drugs, why not use it as a first option or use the even more effective borax? Another study from Turkey shows the protective effect of boric acid on food contaminated with mycotoxins, especially fungal aflatoxins. Among these, aflatoxin B1, AFB1, causes extensive DNA damage and is the most potent carcinogen ever tested, especially affecting the liver and lungs, also causing birth defects, cell communication breakdown, and even death in farm animals and humans. Boric acid treatment was protective and led to increased resistance of DNA to oxidative damage induced by AFB1. The strong antifungal action of boric acid is, of course, the reason why it has traditionally been used as a food preservative. Borax, similar to the equally endangered Lugol's iodine solution, can also be used to remove accumulated fluoride in heavy metals from the body. Fluoride not only causes bones to deteriorate, but also the pineal gland to calcify and the thyroid to become underactive. Borax reacts with fluoride ions to form boron fluorides, which are then excreted through kidney filtration to the liver. In a Chinese study, borax was used to treat 31 patients with skeletal fluorosis. The amount was gradually increased from 300 to 1,100 milligrams per day during a three-month period, with one week off each month. The treatment was effective with 50 to 80% improvement. One forum contributor suffered from fibromyalgia stroke rosacea, 
chronic fatigue and TMJ for over 10 years, which she believed were caused by fluoride. She used one-eighth of a teaspoon of borax and one-eighth of a teaspoon of sea salt in a litre of dechlorinated water and drank this for five days each week. Within two weeks, her face cleared, the redness faded, her body temperature normalised, her energy levels increased, and she steadily lost excess weight. The only side effect was an initial aggravation of her rosaceous symptoms. Another post. Seven years ago, thyroid cancer. The next year, adrenal fatigue. Then early menopause. The following year, uterine prolapse followed by hysterectomy. The following year, fibromyalgia and neuropathy. Early childhood was fluoridated water along with fluoride tablets. Fall of 2008, I was looking at total disability. I could barely walk and couldn't sleep because of the pain and was throwing up daily from the pain in my back. After reading about fluoride, I came to understand where all my problems originated. I began the borax detox of one-eighth of a teaspoon in a litre of water and within three days my symptoms were almost gone. Calcium-magnesium metabolism There is an antagonism as well as a cooperation between calcium and magnesium. About half the total body's magnesium is found in the bones and the other half is inside the cells of tissues and organs. Only 1% is in the blood and the kidneys try to keep this level constant by excreting more or less with the urine. In contrast, 99% of the calcium is in the bones and the rest is in the fluid outside of cells. Muscles contract when calcium moves into the cells and they relax when calcium is again pumped out and magnesium moves in. This cellular pump, note, there is no evidence of a pump system with the new biology understanding of structured water and electrical gradients, but the result is the same from mitochondrial biophotonic deficiency. This cellular pump requires much energy to pump calcium out, and if cells are low in energy by a photonic electricity, then calcium may accumulate inside cells. Low cellular energy may be due to candida, faulty sugar or fat metabolism, deficiencies, or accumulating metabolic wastes and toxins. This then leads to only partial relaxation of the muscles with stiffness, a tendency to cramps, and poor blood and lymph circulation. The problem gets worse the more calcium moves from bones into soft tissues. Nerve cells can also accumulate calcium, leading to faulty nerve transmission. In the lens, it causes cataracts, hormonal output keeps reducing as endocrine glands increasingly calcify, and other cells become handicapped in their normal functions. In addition, it causes intracellular magnesium deficiency. Magnesium is a master mineral needed to activate countless enzymes and a deficiency leads to inefficient and blocked energy production. A further problem is that excess calcium damages the cell membrane and makes it difficult for nutrients to move in and waste to move out. When the intracellular calcium level gets too high, the cell will die. Here we can see the importance of boron as a regulator of cell membrane functions, especially in regard to the movements of calcium and magnesium. With boron deficiency, too much calcium moves into the cell while magnesium cannot move inside to displace it. This is the condition of old age and of a boron deficiency disease leading up to it. While in good health, and especially in young years, a calcium-magnesium ratio of 2 to 1 is normal and beneficial and supplied with a good diet. But with increasing age, boron deficiency and resulting disease conditions, we need progressively less calcium and more magnesium. For boron to be fully effective in reversing tissue calcification, ample magnesium is required. For elderly individuals, I recommend 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium together with a daily borax supplement spaced out during the day. 
and, with protracted joint problems, additional transdermal magnesium. However, oral magnesium may need to be adjusted according to its laxative effect. You can use topical magnesium instead to get these levels. Calcium supplements are not needed, even in the case of osteoporosis. These individuals have plenty of calcium stored in soft tissues where it does not belong, and supplementing boron, K2, and magnesium is expected to redeposit this misplaced calcium into bones. I regard the medical focus on a high calcium intake as a prescription for accelerated aging. What and how much to use? In some countries, for example Canada, Australia, New Zealand, USA, borax can still be found in the laundry and cleaning sections of supermarkets. There is no food-grade borax available or necessary. All borax is the same and natural, and is usually mined in California or Turkey, whether it has been packed in China or any other country. The label usually states that it is 99% pure, or 990 grams per kilogram borax, which is safe to use and is the legal standard for agricultural-grade borax. Up to 1% mining and refining residues are permitted. Boric acid, if available, may be used at about two-thirds the dose of borax. It is not for public sale in Australia. Firstly, dissolve a lightly rounded teaspoon, 5 to 6 grams of borax, in one litre of good quality water. This is your concentrated solution. Keep out of reach of small children. Warning, do not confuse borax with boric acid. Do not take boric acid in place of borax. The dilutions are very different. Never take large amounts of borax. It can be harmful, even fatal. Borax in very low doses is very beneficial to human health, and the health benefits can be enormous. Standard dose equals one teaspoon, five milliliters, of concentrate. This has 25 to 30 milligrams of borax and provides about three milligrams of boron. Take one dose per day mixed with food or drink. If that feels right, then take a second dose with another meal. If there is no specific health problem or for maintenance, you may continue indefinitely with one or two doses daily. If you do have a problem, such as arthritis, osteoporosis, and related conditions, cramps or spasms, stiffness due to advancing years, menopause, and also to improve low sex hormone production, increase intake to three or more spaced out standard doses for several months or longer until you feel that your problem has sufficiently improved, then drop back to one or two doses per day. For rebalancing candida, note, fungi change form to sequester metals or when the bacteria forms are damaged by antibiotics, other fungi and mycoplasmas, or for removing fluoride from the body using your bottle of concentrated solution. Lower dose for low to normal weight, 100 milliliters, which equals one eighth teaspoon of borax powder or 500 milligrams. Drink spaced out during the day. Higher dose for heavier individuals, 200 milliliters, equals a quarter of a teaspoon of borax powder or 1000 milligrams. Drink spaced out during the day. Topical fungal issue? Try the borax infused clove pure relief skin cream I designed, and there's a link there where you can buy it from yumnaturals.store. Always start with a lower dose and increase gradually to the intended maximum. Take the maximum amounts for four or five days a week, as long as required, or alternatively, periodically alternate between a low dose and your maximum dose. For vaginal thrush, fill a large-sized gelatin capsule with borax and insert it at bedtime for one or two weeks. With toe fungus or athlete's foot, wet the feet and rub them with borax powder. You may take borax mixed with food or in drinks. It is rather alkaline and in higher concentrations has a soapy taste. You may disguise this with lemon juice, vinegar, or ascorbic acid. In Europe, borax and boric acid have been classified as reproductive poisons, which is insanity, and since December 2010 are no longer available to the public within the EU. 
Presently, borax is still available in Switzerland, but shipment to Germany is not permitted. In Germany, a small amount, 25 to 50 grams, may be ordered through a pharmacy as ant poison, but it will be registered. The big pharma cartel strangles natural remedies harder in the EU. Boron tablets can be bought from health shops or online, commonly with 3 milligrams of boron. In some countries, such as the Netherlands, these may still contain borax, but not in others, such as Germany, where boron is not allowed in ionic form as with borax or boric acid. While suitable as a general boron supplement, I do not expect them to work clearing up candida and mycoplasmas. Most scientific studies and individual experiences in regard to arthritis, osteoporosis, sexual hormones and menopause were with borax or boric acid. It is not yet known if non-ionic boron is as effective as borax. To improve effectiveness, I recommend three or more spaced out boron tablets daily for an extended period combined with sufficient magnesium and a suitable terrain balancing program. Possible side effects. While side effects from pharmaceutical drugs tend to be negative and often dangerous, natural medicine, such as borax therapy, can cause healing reactions with beneficial long-term effects. The most common is the Herxheimer reaction from eliminating candida. Note, actually it is from damaging it, releasing the metals back into the system, ADV. In some of the above forum posts, rapid improvement was experienced within days. This is always a functional response. Higher cellular calcium levels cause muscle contraction with cramps or spasms as a common cause of pain. Boron, especially together with magnesium, can rapidly relax these muscles and take away the pain. However, with long-standing severe calcifications, a large amount of calcium cannot be redistributed in a short time. This leads to increased calcium levels in the affected area, especially the hips and the shoulders, and could cause problems for a considerable time such as a tendency to severe cramping and pain, problems with blood circulation or nerve transmission. Nerve-related effects on hands and feet may be numbness, reduced sensitivity or feeling in the skin. Higher amounts of calcium and fluoride passing through the kidneys may cause temporary kidney pain. Such healing reactions cannot be avoided when aiming for a higher level of health. To avoid the bulk of this, use K2 and DMSO to help mobilize the excess. Whenever you experience an unpleasant effect, reduce or temporarily stop taking borax intake until the problem subsides. Then, gradually start increasing again. Helpful additional measures are greatly increased fluid intake, using more organic acids such as lemon juice, ascorbic acid or vinegar, and improving lymph flow with rebounding, walking or inverted positions. Reminder, also increasing K2 to help shuttle the calcium into the bone matrix from the blood and tissues. Toxicity Issues Government health agencies are concerned about boron toxicity. You might be concerned as well if you read the following pertaining to sodium chloride and table salt. Acute oral toxicity, LD50, the dose at which half the tested animals die, 3,000 milligrams per kilogram in rats. Chronic effects on humans, mutagenic for mammalian somatic cells, slightly hazardous in case of skin contact, ingestion or inhalation. Lowest published lethal oral dose in man, 1,000 milligrams per kilogram, causes adverse reproductive effects in humans, fetotoxicity, abortion. By intraplacental route may increase risk of toxemia of pregnancy in susceptible women, may cause adverse reproductive effects and birth defects in animals, particularly rats and mice. Fetotoxicity, abortion, musculoskeletal abnormalities and maternal effects on ovaries, fallopian tubes, may affect genetic material, mutagenic, Ingestion of large quantities can irritate the stomach with nausea and vomiting. May affect behavior, 
muscle spasticity, contraction, somnolence, sense organs, metabolism, and the cardiovascular system. Continued exposure may produce dehydration, internal organ congestion, and coma. Now compare the sodium chloride toxicity with the material safety data sheet, or MSDS, for borax. Low acute oral toxicity, LD50 in rats, 4,500 to 6,000 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Reproductive development toxicity, animal feeding studies in rat, mice, and dogs at high doses have demonstrated effects on fertility and testes. Studies with boric acid in the rat, mouse, and rabbit at high doses demonstrate developmental effects on the fetus, including fetal weight loss and minor skeletal variations. The doses administered were many times in excess of those to which humans would normally be exposed. No evidence of carcinogenicity in mice, no mutagenic activity was observed in a battery of short-term mutagenicity assays, Human epidemiological studies show no increase in pulmonary disease in occupational populations with chronic exposures to borate dust and no effect on fertility. Here, you see that table salt is 50 to 100% more toxic than borax. It changes the genetic material and is mutagenic, while borax is harmless in this regard. Infants are most at risk from high borax ingestion. It has been estimated that 5 to 10 grams can cause severe vomiting, diarrhea, shock, and even death but it also says that lethal doses are not well documented in the literature. The following toxicity data are from documents of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and the Centers for Disease Control. A review of 784 accidental human poisonings from 10 to 88 grams of boric acid reported no fatalities, with 88% of cases being asymptomatic, meaning they did not notice anything. However, gastrointestinal, cardiovascular, hepatic, renal, and central nervous system effects, dermatitis, erythema, and death have been observed in some children and adults exposed to more than 84 milligrams of boron per kilogram, corresponding to more than 40 grams of borax for 60 kilograms of body weight. Animal studies have identified reproductive toxicity as the most sensitive effect of boron ingestion. Exposure to rat, mice and dogs for several weeks showed some damage to the testes and sperm at doses of more than 26 milligrams boron per kilogram, which corresponds to 15 grams of borax per day for 60 kilograms of body weight. Most at risk is the developing fetus, and in the studied animals, rats were most affected. In one study, slight reductions in the fetal body weight were already found at 13.7 milligrams boron per kilogram per day used during the pregnancy. The no-effect dose was set at less than 13.7 milligrams per kilogram per day, corresponding to about 7 grams of borax per day for 60 kilograms of body weight. With an added safety factor, a no-effect value of 9.6 milligrams boron per kilogram per day was calculated, corresponding to 5 grams of borax for 60 kilograms. However, a rat study lasting for three generations found no reproductive toxicity or effect on the parents or offspring at 30 milligrams boron per kilogram per day, this dose corresponds to 17 grams of borax for 60 kilograms ingested for three generations. In another three-generation study, no problem was found at 17.5 milligrams per kilogram per day, corresponding to 9 grams of borax per 60 kilograms, while the next higher tested dose of 58.5 milligrams per kilogram per day, corresponding to 30 grams of borax per kilogram, resulted in infertility. Therefore, we can assume that the safe reproductive dose is up to about 20 grams per 60 kilograms per day. Human studies in the possible association between impaired fertility and high boron levels in water, soil, and dust in a turkey's population and boron mining and processing workers found no effect. 
One study even reported elevated fertility rates in borax production workers as compared to the U.S. national average. All this is important because possible reproductive toxicity is the official reason for the present assault on borax. The sodium chloride material safety data sheet mentioned above also states, while sodium chloride has been used as a negative control in some reproductive studies, it has also been used as an example that almost any chemical can cause birth defects in experimental animals if studied under the right conditions. Keep this in mind when you read the following. The assault on borax. Arthritis in its various forms and its close relative osteoporosis affect about 30% of the population in developed countries. Osteoporosis is responsible for more long-term hospital care than any other individual disease. This is due to the very high incidence of fractures and especially the protracted nature of hip fractures. This is a main source of income for the medical pharmaceutical system. If the boron magnesium cure for these diseases should become widely known, this vital income stream would dry up and the system collapses. As this is the biggest and most profitable industry in the world, this cannot be allowed to happen. When Dr. Noonan discovered the boron arthritis cure, it was not a big problem for the pharmaceuticals because news travelled slowly and was easily suppressed. This is very different now with internet communication. Most research funding comes from the pharmaceutical industry, and nothing has come forward to duplicate Dr. Noonan's findings and other positive osteoporosis studies. Instead, funding goes to the development of patentable boron drugs for limited application as in chemotherapy, or even to discredit boron. A test tube experiment found that a relatively low dose of about 4 grams of borax can damage lymphocytes, just like an early test tube study so that vitamin C supplements are toxic. Most positive borax studies now come from China, Japan and Turkey. Furthermore, PubMed is a publicly funded search facility for biomedical research publications, while other articles from Noonan RE and ZOO Z-H-O-L-Y, are still listed. The two most important borax publications mentioned earlier about the arthritis trial at the Royal Melbourne Hospital and the treatment of skeletal fluorosis in China are no longer listed, but they belong there and obviously had been there originally. I suspect that they have been deliberately removed to prevent them from being quoted in other research. In addition, increasing effort goes into publicly demonizing borax for its allegedly reproductive and infant toxicity. As an example, I recently read an article by a senior scientist of the supposedly green environmental working group. In it, the perceived dangers of borax were so exaggerated that most comments in effect said, thank you for opening my eyes. I did not know how poisonous and dangerous borax is. I certainly will not use it anymore in my laundry or for cleaning my toilet and kitchen. This is obviously a deliberate campaign to make people grateful for banning borax from public sale. For laundry and cleaning purposes, borax substitute now replaces the product previously sown as borax. The EU has spearheaded this campaign. In June 2010, borax and boric acid were reclassified as reprotoxic category 2, suggesting that they may be harmful to reproductive functions of humans in high doses, and the product package must display the skull and crossbones symbol. From December 2010, these products were no longer available for public sale within the EU. While this classification now applies to all of Europe, non-EU countries still have some leeway in regard to public sales. This initiative is part of a globally harmonized system of classification and labeling of chemicals, GHS, which is to be implemented as soon as possible. Australia is well advanced in preparing regulations to implement the GHS for industrial chemicals, with new regulations expected in 2012. The European Chemicals Agency gave a reason for their reclassification of boron products. Paraphrased, the available data do not indicate major differences between laboratory animals and humans, 
Therefore, it must be assumed that the effects seen in animals could occur in humans as epidemiological studies in humans are insufficient to demonstrate the absence of an adverse effect of inorganic borates on fertility. 17.5 milligrams boron per kilogram per day was derived as an NOAEL, no event level, for male and female fertility. For the rat, decreased fetal weight incurred at 13.7 milligrams boron per kilogram per day and a safe limit of 9.6 milligrams per kilogram per day has been derived. What they are saying is this. While we have no human data, animal studies suggest that for adult reproductive functions, a daily ingest of about two teaspoons of borax is safe. But to be absolutely sure that no one is harmed, we will ban it totally. Importantly, this ruling is not related to borax in foods or supplements where it is already banned, but only for general use as in laundry or cleaning products or insecticides. Because borax is not readily inhaled or absorbed through intact skin, it is difficult to see how even a few milligrams per day could get into the body with conventional use. If the same standard would apply to other chemicals, there would be none left. The key study in this assessment was published in 1972. Why is this being dug up now to justify banning borax when it was of no concern for the past 40 years? It does not make any scientific sense, especially if you consider that the main chemical in the new borax substitute, sodium percarbonate, is about three times more toxic than borax. Acute oral LD50 values for animals are from 1,034 to 2,200 milligrams per kilogram per day. Even the commonly used sodium bicarbonate, with an animal LD50 of 3,360 milligrams per kilogram, is nearly twice as toxic as borax. Both of these chemicals have not been tested for long-term reproductive toxicity at the high doses that cause fertility problems in rats and mice. The same applies to washing powders. It has been stated that no toxicity is expected if used in the approved way. All that reproductive tests have not been done. Ingredients in these products are more toxic than borax. Why can they be used in the approved way but not borax? And how about the really toxic items such as caustic soda and hydrochloric acid? Why do they remain readily available to the public when one of the safest household chemicals is banned, despite the fact that it is absolutely impossible to cause any reproductive harm with the approved use? Regardless of the lack of any scientific credibility, the stage has been set for borax and boric acid to be globally removed from the public sale at short or no notice. Even low levels and less effective boron tablets are now tightly controlled by the pharmaceutical industry and may be restricted at any time through Codex Alimentarius regulations. With this, the medical pharmaceutical system has safely diffused any potential danger that borax may have posed to its profitability and survival. Pineal gland maintenance, borax and iodine. In Ananda Bosman's book, The Soma Conspiracy, a protocol for supposedly decalcifying the pineal gland is alluded to, but not elaborated upon. Meanwhile, I have since learned that adequate iodine intake will supplant fluoride in the pineal. Now, below, I read that small intakes of borax, i.e. 20 multine brand, one quarter teaspoon mixed with a litre of water to be sipped throughout the day, can reduce excessive calcification for the pineal gland and remove fluoride from the system. Ted from Bangkok and Earth Clinic are very informative. Note that this link is to third page out of five. Borax also kills demodex mites, nano-insects and mycoplasms and helps reverse autoimmune diseases, which are simply tissue-level toxicity, etc. There's a link there to earthclinic.com. The most reported toxicity is boric acid, which is the acid component of boron, but sodium borate is an alkaline component, so its toxicity is low. Israel has the world's lowest arthritis and rheumatism because the borax content in their drinking water is high. 
Boron deficiency leads to osteoporosis and many problems associated with candida, lichen planus, and the like. I was once a chemical industrialist, and we used boron compounds added into infant formula and multivitamins to prevent boron deficiency. One of the most unique features of borons is its toxicity of 2,000 milligrams per kilogram of LD50 is equivalent toxicity equal to that of sodium chloride, which is salt. The single most unique element is boron I used to fight against metastatic cancer rather successfully when taken along with two other critical components, lecithin taken before and after every meal, and alkalization also. Boron raises the body's cell communications by normalizing the body's hormone systems, raises libido and sexual impotence, and has some unique Viagra-like properties in both men and women. Boron is an essential mineral in stabilizing calcium and magnesium components in the blood. Its anti-cancer properties of boron or borax owe to the fact that it can help to detoxify the body, which is really the cause behind cancer, arthritis, candida, and polycystic ovarian syndrome. It reduces excessive calcification of the pineal gland, which is a control center of the biological clock, and is used to detoxify or reduce the toxicity of fluoridated water. In fact, it is the antidote I use to prevent myself from death of accidental fluoride poisoning during my laboratory work with hydrofluoric acid. I wouldn't be here typing this post if it hadn't been for borax, saving my life on a couple of occasions. One common poisoning that patients worry about is when their children eat out most of the toothpaste tube, and borax has saved their life. The toxicity of fluoride we use in toothpaste is actually more than 10 times more toxic than borax. Borax toxicity of LD50 is equal to that of table salt, which is safer than some of the pharmaceuticals that are FDA approved. Because of its effectiveness in most remedies, the fact that it's an essential mineral and that it has saved my life, boron isn't going to go away that easily. Think of it this way. What happens if your child has accidental fluoride poisoning from toothpaste and doctors say there is nothing you can do about it? Iodine and detoxification. Iodine intake immediately increases the excretion of bromide, fluoride, and some heavy metals, including mercury and lead, hence the reduction of fungus. Bromide and fluoride are not removed by any other chelator or detoxifying technique. Dr. Kenezi Gayula Koraz states that iodine chelates heavy metals such as mercury, lead, cadmium, and aluminium and halogens such as fluoride and bromide, thus decreasing their iodine-inhibiting effects, especially of the halogens. The toxicity of the modern life is impacting iodine levels. It is well known that the toxic halides, fluoride and bromide, having structures similar to iodine, can competitively inhibit iodine absorption and binding in the body. In the case of the halides, which are all antagonistic elements to iodine, they will impede the absorption of iodine. Heavy metals get stored in the same receptors that are looking for iodine. Almost all of us are exposed to bromine and fluorine, and are storing these toxic halides in our iodine-deficient receptors. The mechanism of iodine in the cells is very ancient and lacks specificity. In fact, cells are not able to distinguish iodine from other anions of similar atomic or molecular size, which may act as pseudo-iodides, bromide, fluoride, chlorine, thiosanate, cyanate, nitrate, and perchlorate. Iodine has the highest atomic weight of all the common halogens, Iodine is the only option when it comes to removing these toxic haloids from the thyroid and even the pineal gland, where fluoride concentrates, especially when there is a deficiency of iodine in the body. In an age of increasing radioactivity and toxic poisonings, specifically with fluoride, chlorine and bromide, and even mercury, iodine is a necessary mineral to protect us from harm, for immediately these toxic substances will increasingly flow out of the body in the urine. Humanity is travelling down a deadly path. 
awaiting each and every child born on the planet is a life doomed to being poisoned. There is overwhelming evidence that every child, no matter where in the world he or she is born, will be exposed not only from birth but from conception to man-made chemicals that can undermine the child's ability to reach its fullest potential. Chemicals that interfere with the natural chemicals that tell tissues how to develop and construct healthy, whole individuals according to the genes they inherited from their mothers and fathers, says Dr. Theo Colborn, Senior Program Scientist at the World Wildlife Fund. This chapter offers a hugely important answer, a guardian angel in chemical form that we can and actually have to use in the highly toxic age we are all living through. Every pregnant woman should be using iodine and magnesium chloride applied transdermally to initiate protective action even before conception. And there are some sub-references listed there if you read the article. Fluoride is associated with cancer and also accumulates in the thyroid as well as the pineal gland, an important hormone control center. Dr. Jennifer Lukes found out that the pineal gland, which produces serotonin and melatonin, was also a calcifying tissue, like the teeth and the bones, so she hypothesized it would concentrate fluoride to very high levels. Luke had 11 cadavers analyzed in the UK and found very high levels of fluoride in the calcium hydroxyapatite crystals produced by the gland. The average was 9,000 parts per million and went as high as 21,000 in one case. These levels are at or higher than fluoride levels in the bones of people suffering from skeletal fluorosis. Luke hypothesizes that one of the four enzymes needed to convert the amino acid tryptophan from the diet into melatonin is being inhibited by fluoride. Melatonin is responsible for regulating all kinds of activities, including the onset of puberty. It is thought that it is the fall in melatonin levels acts like a biological clock and triggers the onset of puberty. In Herb Gerbil's study, she found that high fluoride-treated animals are reaching puberty earlier than the low fluoride ones. When one considers the seriousness of possible interference by fluoride on a growing trial's pineal gland, and for that matter, elderly pineal glands, it underlines the need for higher iodine intake to increase fluoride elimination. Some sources of iodine. 1. Kelp powder. Main Coast sea vegetables is much higher in iodine than Icelandic kelp. Sea moss is also an excellent source. Nascent iodine. Probably the best form of iodine. Supposedly the better of Edgar Cayce's two formulations. And there's a link there to www.thyroidnascentiodine.com stroke index. Three, Atomidine, Edgar Cayce's other formula. And there's a link so you can read a review of Atomidine. Four, Young Naturals Iodine, Biotics Research, Liquid Iodine and Liquid Iodine Forte. And there's two links there. Edgar Cayce's own four element theory. Knowing the tendencies, supplying the vital energies that ye call the vitamins or elements. For remember... While we give many combinations, there are only four elements in your body. Water, salt, soda, and iodine. These are the basic elements. They make all the rest. Each vitamin, as a component part of an element, is simply a combination of these other influences, given a name mostly for confusion to individuals by those who would tell you what to do for a price. And the article then concludes with a list of 26 references a source quotation, and then a link to Amanda's other books on borax and boron.